Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. This morning, we are here again to continue our sermon series on Christian character. Christian character. And this morning, we are going to talk about yet another important Christian character called joy. How many of us are here this morning with that character in our lives? Do we have joy in our lives? You know, when I say joy, you know, some of you are looking at me and they are smiling at me. And I know there is a reason why you do that. And this morning, we are here to study the one of the important Christian characteristics called joy. Joy. Let's take it further this morning. Let's, before we do that, before we really plunge into this topic, let's talk about what we learned last week. Last week was the number five pillar of Christian character called forgiveness. How many of you are not here last week? Can you see your hands? I don't think you can be forgiven. <laughs> So last week we talked about a Christian character called forgiveness. I would encourage you to listen to the online sermons. They are still available, the entire series, in our YouTube channel. So just listen to the online sermons. It will bless your, it bless your life. So last week we went through what is called as forgiveness. So we understood forgiveness is to let go. Don't take it to your heart. Just let go. You know, we carry so many burdens in our hearts today. And most of the burdens that we carry is related to someone else in our lives. And what of God says, just let those burdens go. You know, today in this world, people want to be free. People want to live with freedom. You know, when we want to live with freedom, we need to let go many things from our lives. And that's what we are learning. One thing that we learned was forgiveness. And the reason why we need to forgive, because Christ forgave us. If I'm not forgiven by Lord God, I know the situation, the misery that I will be in today. And because he forgave me, I am what I am today. And the same way, God wants us to forgive someone else in our lives. And what we call is a gift of forgiveness. We all need that gift of forgiveness. And I mentioned there are some people in, in, even in our church. God has blessed them with that gift of forgiveness. You know, they have, a, they, have a, they have an attitude. You know, no matter what happens, no matter what people say, no matter you know, what, what situation they come across, they have the ability to forgive and forget those things and just walk over it. And it is a gift. We need that gift. And we talked about how many times we need to forgive? And what was the final conclusion? We need to forgive? How many times? 70 times? 700 times? 490 times? Good numbers. What else? Unlimited. So we need to forgive? Unlimited. How many times we need to forgive in a day? Seven times in a day. So how many days in a year? Okay, forget it. We don't want to get into the trouble. So, right? so we, we, need to, we need to forgive as long as we live on this earth. God expects us to forgive. Very difficult. Very difficult. We also talked about the power of forgiveness. In fact, we understood with the, some examples. When we forgive somebody, 
Now there is a blessing in our lives as well as there is a blessing in their lives. And we talked about the five aspects of forgiveness. Forgiveness of God, forgiveness of others and forgiving ourselves, forgiving God and forgiving others. We talked about all this last week. And this morning we are going to get on to the sixth pillar called joy. As you see in the picture, we see that's the joy being the sixth pillar of the Christian characteristics. Right, so joy is the sixth pillar of the Christian characteristics. So that's what we are going to deal with today, this morning. And before we do anything, especially in this series, we need to re again recite the biblical convictions that we have as we are seated in the presence of God. Shall we go through the biblical convictions of Christian character? Number one, shall we read that together from the bottom of our heart? Number one, let's go. The Bible is the inspired word of God and the final authority in my life. My purpose in life is to love God and to order my life around his priorities. My body is the temple of God and I must not defile it. My church correctly teaches me the foundational truths of the Bible. My children are gifts from God and I develop godly character in them. My actions must never weaken the scriptural convictions of others. My marriage is a lifelong commitment to God and to my spouse. My money is given by God to manage faithfully and wisely. I don't own it. My words must be in harmony with God, God's word. I'm accountable. My affections should be set on things above, not on things of the earth. Being said that, this morning God is about to talk to us about the pillar number six called joy. Let's try to define joy. You know, it's a very easy thing to, because we know what joy is and we all you know, want to have that character in our lives. So the dictionary defines joy as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. You know, who are the people, those who are joyful at times? People, those who are happy. And who are those happy people? Somebody saying, not us? No, 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 don't say, no, no, not us. Who are those happy people? Yes? Very tough question. Who are those happy people? Children of God. Okay, children of God. So who are those children of God? We are the children of God. So we are arriving at who are those happy people? We are those happy people. Do we see happiness in our lives? Are we happy? Yes? Jesus says, yes, I'm happy. Anyone else here happy? Yes, Melvin? He is just thinking. Probably he's not listening now. Right? Anyone else is happy here? Yes? Yes? Yes. I see some heads nodding. Right? Good. So we are the happy people. So the dictionary defines joy as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And it also says joy is the emotion of great delight or happiness. We are just reading the definitions. Caused by something which is ex exceptionally good or it is satisfying our lives. We just recently got married, not me, we, some, someone else, right? So got recently married and they got a good spouse. They're very happy. They're very happy. Ex 
exceptionally good. Got a job? It's very satisfying. Happy people. We got into a program which is very good and we are very happy about it. Happiness and joy, joyfulness. Script, uh, dictionary also says, it's an expression of delight or happiness. You know, sometimes we go through emotions within us and how do we express? We just express through our smile. We express through our actions. And there are different ways we can express our joy and happiness outside. Happiness is also a state of well-being and a pleasurable and satisfying experience. That means everything is going good in my life. Everything is going good. I am happy. You know, we say those are the happy people or joyous people. But you know what? We keep, keep, we keep using these terms, joy and happiness, very interchangeably. But do you think that they are same, joy and happiness? No, they are not same. Joy is different from happiness. You know, happiness is, let, let's say you all go for a show. And you sit in that show for how many hours? One and a half hours? You sit in the snow, uh, not in the snow, show. And <laughs> so then, you know, during the show, you feel really happy. Right? So that's what is called happiness. And when you come out of the show, you need to get into the same house. You need to meet the same people who have been living with you for 23 years. You know, it becomes very tough at times in your life, you know, you know to do that. Happiness is momentary. Happiness is very temporary. If someone says that I'm really happy, we can expect that happiness to go down at any moment. Right? How many of us experience that in our lives? There are times we are very happy and there are times we are so dull. That's what is called happiness. But joy is permanent. Joy is permanent. You know, if we have joy within us, we don't lose the joy. It is permanent. You know, you'll understand as we take this topic further this morning. Now let's, let's, let's bring, us, bring that back to our Christian you know, um, view of what is joy. You know, Christianity says, uh, or if you read the word of God, the whole word of God, this is what it says. It's a very beautiful definition that we have. We are going to read that together this morning. Christian definition. Can we get the next slide, please? Okay, Christian definition of joy. Let, let's read this together. Joy is, can you read that together? Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be alright. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. You know, I believe this is the most apt definition for joy. Christian definition. Let's read that together. It's, you know, as I was reading it many times actually. Every time I read that, you know, there was a joy within me. Can you read that together with understanding what it says? Joy is a settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately... Everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. That knowing that God is in control of every small detail of my life. And even though things don't appear to be, but eventually it is going to, Romans 8.28, eventually everything is going to work together for good. 
You know, that's the confidence that we have in God and that makes us to praise God. You know, that's what is joy. And Christian joy is not just a feeling that we get in our senses, with our senses. Christian joy is something to do with our soul. It's a feeling of our soul. Did you get that? Christian joy is nothing to do with the five senses that we have today. What are those five senses? Touch, eyes seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting. Did I leave anything? No. Okay, so five senses. So with these five senses, what we get in our lives cannot be joy. It can be only happiness. When we taste some good food, right? when someone is coming from India, we are ready just to receive him at the airport. Right? There is a rush. I will go. I will go. I will go. Why I want to go? Because I know that what he is bringing. I know that I will get my share. Right? So because we are ready to taste the good food that we like, our favorite food. Right? So when you enjoy that, you feel happy. You feel happy. Right? Some of the perfumes make us happy. Right? Some of the touch, they make us happy. So joy, we are saying joy is nothing to do with these five senses. Then what is joy? And psychologists, they say that joy is nothing to do with your mind too. Joy is nothing to do with your mind. You know, most of the time our happiness is based on what our mind processes. The mind processes so many things that we get, we grasp over during the day, and our mind processes those things. And you know, we'll decide we become sad and become, become happy depending on what the mind, the state of the mind is. But joy is much deeper, much deeper than what is happiness. You know, this morning we are here to understand, you know, the biblical perspective of what joy is. You know, joy, the term joy appeared 88 times in the Old Testament and 57 times in the New Testament. And as we know, Galatians 5.22 says, joy is the second fruit of the Spirit. Do you remember the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy. Joy is the second fruit of the Spirit. And if you can read with me, 1 John 1.4, we have that in the screen. 1 John 1.4 says, and these things we write to you, Listen to this, that your joy may be full. You know, Paul is, sorry, John is writing, and as he is writing the word of God, see, he's saying, I'm writing all these things because your joy may be full. That means reading the word of God gives us joy. You know, when we read the word of God, you know, how many of us struggle to read the scriptures? We don't feel like reading because the flesh doesn't like us to read the scripture, but our soul loves reading the scripture. When we read the scripture, you know, there is a joy coming in. May not be in our flesh, but within our soul, inside of us, there is a great joy. First John 1 John 1.4 says, the word of God makes us joyful. And First Thessalonians 1.6, Paul writes here, For you received the word in, in much affliction, with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Who can give joy? The word of God and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Who is Holy Spirit? He's one among the triune member of Godhead. 
And he is the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit can give us joy. Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God, we know the scripture, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, that's what is kingdom of God. That's what is children of God means. When you know, you rightly gave an answer saying that who are the joyful people? Children of God. Why they are joyful? Because they have the word of God and they have the spirit of God. Holy Spirit makes us happy. You know, if the Holy Spirit is not making you happy, listen to this carefully. If the Holy Spirit is not making you happy, if the Holy Spirit is not making you happy, what I'm about to say, you are not saved. You are not saved. You need to work your salvation. That's simple as that. If the Spirit of God is not making us happy, we are not saved. We are still living in our sins. Because when we accept Lord Jesus, who comes and resides within us? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. And children of God, we need to know who makes us happy. And Romans 14, 17 says, the joy comes in the Holy Spirit. Acts 13, 52, another scripture says, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Joy and Holy Spirit, you know, they go together. You know, there are people getting filled with the Holy Spirit and they are clapping hands, they are speaking in tongues, they are praising God. You know, they are the joyful people on the face of this earth. Because they don't worry about anything else and they know God is taking care of all the minute details of my life. And I choose to praise God. I choose to praise God. Holy Spirit is the one who brings happiness within us. In Acts chapter 8, very beautiful chapter. Remember what is going on in Acts chapter 8? Philip went to Samaria. And there he was preaching the gospel. And as Philip was preaching the gospel in Samaria, there are many miracles happening. All the demon possessed were set free. There are healing happening. You know, there are people getting saved, people getting baptized. All these things are happening. And the apostles went there and, you know, there's a great thing happening there in the city of Samaria. And Bible says in Acts chapter 8, verse 8, and there was a great joy in the city. There was a great joy in the city. You know, if our city needs that joy, who's needed? The Holy Spirit coming down and performing miracles, performing healings. And when that takes place, there is great joy in the city of Halifax. You know, until then what we see is happy. We see a bunch of people, they appear to be happy and walking here and there in the downtown, but they are not happy really. They are not, there is no joy in their lives. And joy comes when the Holy Spirit descends upon our lives. And he, when he starts performing miracles in our lives, that's the time the whole city was filled with joy. We are talking about the biblical perspective of joy. Now let's come back to the Christian character. Why do we say that joy is a Christian character? You know, in this world, anything can be faked. Anything can be faked. Can we fake a currency? Oh, we don't know about it. Yes, <laughs> we can fake it. We don't do it, but we know about it, right? So we can fake a currency. Can we fake a, a, a scorecard, a score sheet, mark sheet? That's the reason I believe they are asking for transcripts. They don't believe what the scorecard that you take it. 
they want transcripts from the from the university the reason is it can be faked anything can be faked but joy cannot be faked joy cannot be faked it's because joy is something which is very deep inside of you joy is very deep inside of you now we are slowly talking about the christian character and most of the time joy appears as an outward expression of our lives somebody who is having joy so deep in their soul in the midst of troubles and pains and sorrow they're able to express that joy they're able to express that joy now the world that we are living in people get attracted to various things one one of the such thing that people get attracted is happiness is happiness you know that's the reason you know i believe some of the companies they have happy hours at the end of the week right and when there is a great procession going on and when there is a show or maybe a sport even that's happening people get attracted towards it the reason is that make them happy the reason why they go out they get together is they are looking for a happy moment in their lives happiness attracts the worldly people in the same way joy in our life has an ability to attract people towards us you know who wants to be with somebody who is always sad who wants to be with someone always you know very dull nobody wants to be with those people we all want to be with somebody who is always happy who is always you know laughing and who is always you know expressing the joy that he or she has within them mother teresa this is what she said just listen to this this is what mother teresa she, she said she said joy is a net of love by which you can catch souls joy is a net of love by which we can catch souls for whom for god for god joy is a net of love by which you can catch souls for god you know joy has an ability to attract people towards it not only that we are talking about christian character now not only that joy joyous christian really attracts or really reflects the quality of christ in their lives you know son of man when he was living on this earth even though he was sorrowful even though he was compassionate even though he knew that the kind of death that he is going to encounter now he was happy all the moment he was just doing the will of god joyfully because every time when he deals with his father he was filled with joy and happiness you know when we have the joy within us we reflect the quality of jesus christ as we read in the definition joy also expresses our confidence that we have in christ you know today when we appear in front of non believers non christians those who do not believe jesus christ you know when we are with dealing with them you know they look at one thing in our lives they all notice one thing the confidence is he confident is he confident 
You know, our joy has an ability to express our confidence in Christ. If we are confident in Christ, you know, we are joyous. We are joyful. Now we are talking about, you know, what, how joy is a Christian character. And this morning, just want to deal with five aspects of joy. How can I experience the joy in my Christian life? And I believe this is important. This is going to speak to us. It's going to speak to us this morning. How can I experience joy in my life? Christian joy in my life. Are you awake? Are you with me this morning? Can I, can I, can I hear an amen? Little more louder. Thank you. Number one, realizing that joy is a gift of God. Joy is a gift from God. Number two, relying on or depending on God. We are talking about how can I experience joy in my Christian life? Number one, I can experience joy in my Christian life the moment I realize joy is a gift from God. Number two, when I rely, when I depend on God, I can experience joy in my life. Number three, having people around me. Having godly people around me, I can experience joy. Number four, by setting the same joy that was set before Christ. We're going to talk about that. Number five, by fighting against spiritual depression. These are the five different aspects this morning we are going to talk about. Number one, joy is a gift from God. Can you repeat this after me? Joy is a gift from God. You know, this morning we are trying to understand how joy is a Christian character and how can I experience the joy in my life. And first thing I need to know is joy is a gift from God. Do you remember when the birth or during the birth of Lord Jesus Christ? When the angels appeared in heaven, this is what they said. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Which will be to, be to all people. I bring you good news of great joy. So what was the good news? The birth of our Lord Jesus Christ was the good news. Was it not a gift? Lord Jesus was given to your life and my life and to the whole world. whole world as a gift. So joy is a gift that we receive from God. You know, you know, that's how we teach. Joy, what do you put? Joy is a gift that we receive from God. Right? So joy is a gift that we receive from God. The angels announce that gift. And we know that as children of God, true source of joy is Christ. The soul can rejoice only in Christ, only in the salvation. If we are saved, the soul is joyful. The soul is rejoicing. Now there are two different Hebrew, sorry, Greek words, the root words which are used in the word of God to represent joy. One word it says hara. Hara means joy. Hara means joy. And there is another similar word which is used to represent, to refer. That means grace. What is that word, Debbie? Haris. So Hara is joy. And Haris means grace. Can you speak, tell that word with me? Hara. Come on. You all know Greek. Hara. And the other word is Haris. So Hara means joy and Harris means grace. And can you do anything to get grace? Can we get grace by work? 
It's a gift of God. There is nothing we can do to get grace. So if we can get harass only by as a gift, same way we can get hara by as a gift from God. Can you say that? If we can get harass as a gift, we can only get hara as a gift. It means if grace we can get only as a gift, joy also can we can get only as a gift so it is something which is given by god to you the moment we accept lord jesus christ the joy comes in our souls and it rests within our souls we receive the joy from god we are talking about joy is a gift from god and any gift that we want to receive we receive we don't want to hold on to that gift we want to give it to someone else so we are talking about joy as a gift from God. We receive the joy from God and we are willing to give the joy to someone else. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 12 says, I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. How do we give that as a gift to someone? To? By helping somebody. By giving somebody, by doing good things to someone, we can give that gift of joy to somebody. You know, this is what somebody said. We don't know the source of it, but this is what someone said. He said, it is okay to feel more joy than the people around you. You know, sometimes we feel greater joy than the people around you. We are filled with joy. And he also says, it is one of the greatest gifts that we can give. They need our joy. Not our sadness. You know, people around us today, they need our joy. They don't need our sadness. Nobody has any time to listen to what problem you are going through in your life. Don't keep on telling the problems that we have with somebody. No, they are not going to like you. Tell them the real joy that you have in your life. In the midst of the problem, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the sickness, how, what the kind of assurance, the strong assurance that I have in my life, Probably that is worth sharing with somebody. Because that is going to bless somebody. Joy is a gift that we receive from God. And joy is also the gift that we want to give to somebody. Number two. How can we experience joy in our lives? Having people around us. Having people around us. You know we are called. Or we are made to be together. We are made to be together. Simple example, God held us together. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are together. Throughout the Bible, the Bible talks about unity. Throughout the Bible, it talks about being together as children of God. In the, in the earlier church, they were all in one accord. In all, they were all in one mind. They gathered together every day, house to house, and they were breaking bread. They were all having one mind. Being together is a Christian nature. Being together. How do we experience this joy? By being together. So number two, having people around. Let's read some of some scriptures here. First Corinthians chapter 12. Before that, if you can come with me to the Garden of Eden. What God said when God created Adam. This is what he said. I hope you all like the scripture, right? So read the scripture with me. It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Right? Are we happy about it? Yes. 
someone is not having any expression at all. Lord, why did you do that, Lord, in my life? I never expected such thing will happen to me. No? God realized the man was just alone, just walking around, roaming around in the Garden of Eden. And God decided it is better to bring him a helper, a companion. Right? It's the same way God brought a companion. The reason was they need to be together. They need to be together. We are talking about how do you experience joy when we are together. As a husband and wife, when you are together, you experience joy. And you don't experience joy when husband goes in one direction and you go in another direction. You don't experience joy when husband says something and you say something else. Nobody is giving up. Right? It's a very safe for men to just give up. If wife is saying something to you, just don't argue with them. Right, blessing? Don't argue with them. I'm not saying that uh, you know, Adina will say something. No. So, you know, it's, it's, it's safe. Hope women are not listening now, right? So it is safe. Just give up. Don't keep saying the same thing. Because God expects us to be together. God has made us just to be together. And First Corinthians, Paul says in 12.20, But now indeed there are many members. It? One body. Many members. But they are one. We see unity in the midst of diversity. There are many members, but there is one body. Ecclesiastes 4, you know, scripture says 9 to 12. Can we read that scripture? Ecclesiastes, if you can turn with me. Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. So, Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 4. Uh, let's read 9 to 12. Listen to the scriptures as, I read, as I, you can read for you. Chapter, verse 9 says, two are better than one. Ecclesiastes 4.9 Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But oh to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And most all says, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You know, scripture talks about being together. You know, when we have the right family, when we have the right spouse, when we have the right children around you, when we are in the right church, when we have the right fellowship with you, you are the joyful person in the world. Deuteronomy 32, 30 says, How could one chase a thousand and a two can put ten thousand to flight? You know, if one can chase a thousand, that itself is not possible. But if two join together, it's not two thousand. How many it is? It is ten thousand. It multiplies when you are together. You know, that's the reason we need to be together as a family. You know, we are living in a time the family is falling apart. If you don't give time to your spouse, if you don't give time to your children, they are just going to go away from you. It is important that we need to be together. Someone said this, surround yourself with people who make you happy. People who make you laugh. Who help you when you are in need. People who genuinely care. They are the ones worth keeping in your life. 
everyone else is just passing. Surround yourself with people who can make you happy, who can make you laugh, you know, who really care. They have a genuine care and love over your life. They are selfish people, selfless people. They care for others. They have a genuine attitude for caring for others. They are the one worth keeping as your friend. The rest are all just passerby. They come and they go. Second way to contain that joy within our lives is by having good people around us. Thirdly, how can we have the Christian joy? You know, you and I need their joy today. The church has lost the joy. Church has lost the joy of the Lord. We need to have that joy within us. Relying on God, number three. Relying on, there are three enemies I want to talk about this morning. They are enemies of joy. Number one, anxiety. Number two, worry. Even though they are the same. Number three, dissatisfaction. Three enemies of joy. Today, if we don't have the joy in our lives, you know, sometimes even though the joy belongs to the soul, our flesh will so dominate that it will not allow the joy to come out. Because flesh is very good to respond to the senses. Flesh is very good to respond based on our, respond based on our mindset. But God wants us to have the joy bubbling out of our lives. So there are three enemies, anxiety, worry and dissatisfaction. The very known scripture from Habakkuk. Chapter 3, verses 17 to 18. When we talked about faith, I think we talked about, very, about Habakkuk in very detail. Now here in the scripture he says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, we know this, nor fruit of the olive fruit uh, be on the vine, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flocks may cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Scripture did not say I will be happy in the Lord. It says I will rejoice in the Lord because fig tree is not blossoming. You don't get wine. You don't get you know olive uh, olives, and you don't. There is no you know food in the field, and your your stall is just empty. The cattle have just gone. Somebody has taken everything. Obviously, you will be sad. You cannot really be happy. But what he says is you can still rejoice. You know, that's the reason joy is totally different from happiness. And it says, he says, I will join the God of my salvation. Number one enemy for joy, to experience Christian joy, is anxiety. When we are anxious about something, we lose the joy. Number two. You know, that's the reason Paul says to Philippians, he says, just be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, you just give thanks to God. And you pray to God and just give that to God. Leave that to God. Just don't be anxious. Do not worry. In Matthew chapter 6, you know, Jesus was teaching a beautiful sermon there. And he said, this is what he said. Look at the birds of the air. How much I care for them. Look at the lilies of the valley. How much I care for them. You don't see a bird coming and crying every day. You see a bird happily flying and singing songs early in the morning. Their lifespan may be just that season. They may not even live to see the next season in their lives. 
But see how happy they are, how rejoicing, how joyful they are. And Jesus said, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Can you can I hear that from you? Can you repeat that after me? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Are we sure? Are we sure? Do not worry about tomorrow. Are we not worrying, worrying about tomorrow? Can you say that again? If you say that from the bottom of your heart by faith, tomorrow, I'm sorry, you do not worry about? Worry about tomorrow. And Jesus said, tomorrow will worry for itself. Every day, you know, God is able to take care of you. Every day, God is able to provide you. You know, that is assurance that makes you joyful. We are talking about how can you experience the joy? Dissatisfaction. God is telling us, just be content with what you have. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Scripture says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. What I have, you don't have. What you have, I don't have. What someone else has, I don't have. But I just live joyfully with what I have. You know, that's the crux of it. I live joyfully, Lord, with what I have. The wife that you have given to me, I will live with her, Lord. Because I know it is a gift from you. The life that you have given to me, Lord, I'm not blessed with everything, but I live the life what you have given to me. I'm not really happy about the job. I keep complaining, Lord, for the last five years, six years, still I'm in the same job. Lord, I'll be happy. I'll be satisfied with what you have. We are talking about three enemies of joy. We are talking about how can we experience the Christian joy in our lives. Number three is what we talked about relying on God. Number four, set the same joy that was set before Christ. I want you to turn with me to Hebrews. This is very, very important. Hebrews chapter 12. Chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great, so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look, you know, listen to this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus looked at the joy that was set in front of him. Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. We are talking about how do we experience joy in our lives. You know, Jesus looked at the joy that was set in front of him. Because it was not a good moment to you know, be happy about. Because somebody is beating him at the back. He is going to be nailed down at the cross. There is nothing happy about it. There is nothing pleasure. No pleasure in those things that Jesus is about to encounter. But Jesus said, He set the joy in front of him. Set the joy in front of him. What was the joy? The joy 
being seated in the heavenly realms with his father. The joy of ruling over the universe. The joy of ruling the universe during the thousand years of reign. The joy of being seated on the judgment throne and judging the whole world. The joy of living with the church forever and ever. That was the joy that Jesus had in, my mind, in his mind. And this morning, scripture is telling us, set the same joy in front of you. How do we experience Christian joy in our lives? By setting the same joy that was set before Jesus Christ. How do we set the same joy? We know that we don't belong to this world. We belong to the eternal heaven. And we know that one day we are going to sit with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to rule along with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that is a joyous moment. One day we will see you know, those who lost their lives. Our family members, those who died in Christ, we are going to see them together. The very beautiful child that I lost in my life, we are going to see. My husband and my spouse, I lost him in an accident. I'm going to see him in the heavenly realm as I'm going to rule with the Lord God. You know, that is the joy. And Paul, the writer of Hebrews saying, set your joy upon the things which are yet to come. And John chapter 16, can you turn with me quickly to John chapter 16? Uh, this morning I believe these verses will bless you. The scripture will bless you. So John chapter 16, verses 16 to 22. John chapter 16, verse 16. Listen to this. A little while and you will not see me. Jesus was speaking to his disciples. And again a little while and you will see me. So you will not see me for a while. And again you will see me because I go to the Father. He was talking about his death, his resurrection, and his coming back to this world. You will not see me for a while because I'm going to go to my father. We are reading from John chapter 16, verses 16 to 22. Verse 17, then some of his disciples said to among themselves, listen to this. What is this that he is saying to us? They did not understand. Verse 17, John 16. A little while and you will not see me. And again a little while and you will see me and because I go to the father again Jesus repeated verse 18 they said be therefore what is this that he says a little while they did not understand what Jesus is talking about we do not know what he is saying verse 19 now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him Jesus understood they did not understand and he said to them are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said a little while and you will not see me and again a little while and you will see me most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament but the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful but your sorrow will be turned to joy you know Jesus is asking us to set our minds upon Lord Jesus Christ upon the things which are to come and this is what he says in verse 21 a woman when she is in labor has sorrow because her hour has come but as soon as she has given birth to a child she no longer remembers the pain the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world into the world you know Jesus is saying your sorrow is temporary your sorrow is momentary in this world we have sorrow but we need to set the joy that is in front of us 
Peter says, First Peter 1, 7 to 9. I can read that. Whatever we see that in the screen. Though now you do not see him. We don't see our Lord Jesus, but we believe. And because of that belief, believe, we rejoice with you. Inexpressible and full of glory. Today we rejoice in the Lord because we know that we are going to be with the Lord forever. Finally, how do we experience Christian joy in our lives? By fighting against spiritual depression. By fighting against spiritual depression. You know, this is very, very important. It affects all of us. Just want you to listen to this, even though it's a little late. I just want you to listen to this carefully. Spiritual depression. There are three aspects to it. Number one, spiritual depression is a lack of freedom. It's a lack of freedom. Spiritual depression is a lack of freedom. Number two, it's an appearance of unhappiness. Number three, it's an absence of joy. Can you repeat this after me? Because this is very, very important. Spiritual depression is, all of you, number one, lack of freedom, appearance of unhappiness, and absence of joy. You know, church goes through spiritual depression. Children of God, they go through spiritual depression. We're not talking about the depression that we see in the world. We are talking about the depression that affects every one of us. Children of God. Lack of freedom. I want you to turn with me to Galatians 5, 1 to 6. If you don't understand the scriptures right now, just go home and read the scriptures. They are very important. And try to understand as far as possible. If you can read that in your own language, that will be well and good. Galatians chapter 5, 1 through 6. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Number one reason for spiritual depression. Why we are not able to experience that Christian joy in our lives? Lack of freedom. Lack of freedom. You know, this morning, scripture says, if you hold on to those laws, if you hold on to those, you know, you know the Old Testament laws or certain biblical laws, you are going to lose the freedom that Christ has given to you. You are going to lose that freedom Christ has given to you. And when we, you know, hold on to those laws, scripture is saying very clearly, the death that Jesus made at the cross is a waste. Because you think that by the law, you can become somebody holy. And Jesus says, no, you cannot. You need to depend on my grace. Whether circumcision or not circumcision, it's not going to make any difference. Faith working through love. You know, number one reason Christians go through depression, spiritual depression is surrounding themselves with so many cumbling laws. 
which are not godly you know god has called us not to walk in the bondage god has called us to walk in the freedom number two appearance of unhappiness what we experience inside is what going to come out spiritual depression when it comes in our lives we appear to be unhappy most of the time most of the time in our lives and god is saying we need to fight against the spiritual depression number three absence of joy you know joy is something related to the soul and if you see absence of joy in the soul that simply means you lost your salvation because there is no working of the holy spirit in the soul salvation is lost so joy becomes very important joy is inevitable you need to i need to have joy in our lives because absence of joy is absence of the holy spirit in our lives so spiritual depression comes when we bind ourselves with under so many laws and restrictions number two when we appear to be unhappy and number three when the joy is missing from our soul we are taken into spiritual depression that's the reason john wrote saying the thief in john 10:10, the thief comes the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy and the thief was just inside the churches today churches are not happy believers are not happy because they are under the bondage of law there are so many restrictions they cannot turn this side they cannot turn that side they cannot listen to other people they cannot go to other churches there are so many restrictions but christ jesus has set us free from those bondages we don't need to be a you know slave to those bondages anymore God wants us to walk in the freedom. God wants us to fight against those spiritual reasons for those spiritual depressions. So two commitments we are going to make before we leave from this place. Number one, don't be bound by the arbitrary laws. Not under law, but under grace. How do we know what to do? Now very simple, listen to this. How do we know what to do? We have a good teacher within us. Who is that? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. He is a good teacher. How do we listen to Holy Spirit? Through the Word of God. Because He is the author of the Word of God. When you read the scripture, the Spirit of God speaks to you. And He instructs you. He corrects you. And you don't need a pastor. You don't need somebody to teach you. Because the Spirit of God resides within us. He is a good teacher. You don't need to listen to a message. Because the Spirit of God is the only teacher. 100% He can teach you correctly. Just ask the Spirit of God to teach you. Don't be bound by the arbitrary laws. They will pull us, pull us down. You know, I know some of those you know, believers... My family is filled with the Pentecostal believers. I know some of them, most of them, their life, the kind of bondages that they are living in today. They put so many restrictions on upon themselves and beyond an age, they said, no, there's no God. There is no God. Those who are saved, those who are anointed, those who neglected everything from their lives, those who started living a separated life, totally separated life, they put so many bondages on their, under the, on, upon them and eventually they decided to quit because they cannot carry the burden. No, Jesus has not called us to be under bondage anymore. Number two, 
seek God's presence. Because scripture says, Psalmist says in Psalm 16:11, in thy presence is fullness of joy. In thy presence there is fullness of joy. You know, churches are losing the joy because they are put over, you know, overburdened with so many things. But they are not taught how to sit at the feet of God, how to sit at the presence of God. We don't need to run here and there. We don't need to do anything else. Just listen to the Holy Spirit. He is the best teacher in our lives. And just sit at his presence when the presence of God fills us. The joy of the Lord will be rekindled in our lives. This morning God is speaking to us. God said joy is the assurance, the settled assurance that you have within you. That knowing that God is in control of my life. Joy comes in our lives by reading the word of God. Joy comes in our lives by allowing ourselves to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And joy is something that we receive from God as a gift. And God wants us to give that share that gift with somebody else when we are joyful people are going to be attracted to your life and you can lead them to Christ and we also talked about how can we experience joy realizing that joy is a gift given to me for so that I can give it to others relying on God knowing that God will do everything good for me and having people around good people around us godly people around us who are joyful and we also talked about setting that same joy that Jesus set in front of him and finally we said we need to fight against the, those depressing those spirits spiritual depression we need to fight against those things in our life shall we close our eyes Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipf.org. God bless you.